0: This show was created for you, the broken Catholic who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Dr. Mark Roberts. Uh, He is the executive director of the Max Dupree Center for Leadership at Fuller Seminary. Now, you may remember I had him on my show uh, this was back in February, uh, and you can find him at episode 254, um, and it was entitled Over 50, Why God Wants to Do Amazing Things in You and Through You, right? So we're, we're continuing that conversation today uh, with Dr. Mark, and we're going to go a little deeper into that conversation. He's been up to some really cool things in his life since then, but just to remind you, he uh, has been a pastor, he's been a retreat director, a seminary professor, a digital media strategist, and a writer. Most of Mark's writings these days is for Life for Leaders, an email daily devotion sent for free each morning to over 8,000 subscribers. And uh, he'll tell you how you can get uh, on that list if that's something of interest to you. We'll say that uh, towards the end of the show. Among Mark's duties at the Dupree Center, he is the strategic lead for their new initiative on flourishing in the third third of life. The third third of life. That's their trademark uh, you know, uh, theme for what they're up to in the work that they're doing in the world. And this really just means for all of you over 50 years old. Um, there's different narratives as Mark was just saying earlier, um, that the world gives you of what meaning you should give that third, third of your life. Um, and Mark and his team, they bring a a new narrative to what God is calling you to do in that chapter of your life or this chapter of your life. Uh, so Mark's excited to help folks discover how they might live productive and fulfilling lives in this chapter of their lives in response to God's calling. Uh, he has a Ph.D. in New Testament from Harvard University. So if if you're all about academia, he's got the pedigree. So you better listen. Uh, he is married to Linda. Uh An executive coach and spiritual director. They have two grown children, both of whom have a calling in education. So, Mark, welcome back to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some some of the gaps, if any, in that intro, would you? Well, Joseph, thanks. First, just thanks for having
1: me on the show and having me back. We had a great conversation last time, and I really think the stuff we're talking about here matters a lot in not only individual lives, but in our wider world and culture. So it's great to talk with you about that. You know, the, the, the thing that I would say is that I, I've sort of approached life and work as a pastor. I am an ordained pastor. I was in a parish for a lot of years. And even in this season of life, though, I'm not actually pastoring a church, uh, sort of my care for people, my desire to see people grow in their faith uh, to live out their faith every day is still as strong as ever. And so what we're doing with folk in the third third of life is, is it's, it's in many ways an extension of my own calling, recognizing that God has so much for people that often they'll be missing. And that through people in the third third of life, God has great things for our world that the world is missing if people don't know that that's there. So I, I'm, uh, I'm excited to do this work. Since we last talked, we've been developing a lot of things that we may talk about here. Uh, folks can find them from our website, uh, org. at any rate. And uh, so it'll just be fun to see what we're going to end up talking about here today.
0: Fantastic. So why is this not only on your heart, but still on your heart, uh, this calling, to speak to individuals in, uh, this completion chapter of their life. Why, why is this such a thing? Um, so really just speak to that for a second. Why do you see uh, such a need that is driving you fuel fueling you and pushing you forward?
1: You know, that's such a great question because in some way, so I got into this, and I may have said this last time, as through our main work in the DePree Center, is working with marketplace leaders, business leaders, and others, and, and and not dealing with, you know, quote unquote, retirement issue. But I kept hearing from people that we were serving, especially people as they get into their 50s and 60s, they'd say, you know, I, I'm, I know I'm going to retire at some point, and I don't, I don't feel like I'm really done you know, making a difference in life, but I don't know what to do. And I'm, I, I we're not, I'm not getting any help really from my church and how to think about this. So I kept hearing this and I kept thinking, wow, somebody needs to do something. But to the extent that God was putting that on my heart, I, I would say, Lord, I, you know, I, I really have, at least historically, my passion has been for sort of younger generations. Right. And, and, uh, uh, uh sheesh, you know, it's just, am I just going to be like the guy, you know, the chaplain in the rest home or something. And, I had to surrender some of myself because what I began to hear first of all is God sort of saying you know the people I'm putting in your life need this and you could do this but beyond that I really began to discover the extraordinary potential for for personal fulfillment and well-being but also for making a difference in the world from folks in the third third of life and it, as I've as begun to step into that and we've begun to do this work, we've also been hearing from people who are discovering new ways God is blessing. I mean, just one example. So, a woman who uh, been a nurse uh, in a fairly traditional nursing role for her whole professional life, but kept having this stirring that God wanted her to do something else. And as we've begun working with her, uh, um, she, is, she retired, quote unquote, from that but is really giving herself now to this new thing that's her heart, which is to develop within her church more of a healing emphasis, uh, one that takes seriously God's power to heal, but also bringing all of her nursing skill to that. And so she started this new thing and she is so excited and full of life and it's gonna make a huge difference. If she had bought into the other retirement narrative that either, well, the others that one would say, you know, when you retire, it's just about you and you just get to play the rest of your life, she wouldn't be doing this for others. And she herself would be missing this extraordinary opportunity for for meaning and excitement. So that's just one tiny story, but I am utterly convinced more than ever of the tremendous potential that if we can help people in the third third of life, grasp God's story for life and for their life, that the, the, potential for them to flourish and to make an extraordinary difference it's just huge and i've seen it now i've seen it at work uh so i'm more excited than i was the last time we talked
0: fantastic speaking about that god's narrative for their life for our lives he has one as christians we believe that however we're in the world we're distracted by the noise of the world we listen to the voice of the world more than we listen to God's voice. Most, most of the time, I believe. How do we um, really tap into uh, that God has a specific plan for my life? not just someone else's life. Or well, I see that person, that lady, that story you just told. I see her doing things. Wow, that's really awesome. That's great. But I just don't have the energy. Yeah. Right? So speak to that limiting belief that many people who have entered retirement or are about to enter retirement, um, they live in that limiting belief. And their life, well, it exemplifies that the rest of their life. Speak to that, would you?
1: Well, I, absolutely. It, it, and first of all, it's good to say that m- many people, uh, upon retiring (quote unquote), really do need to take a break. I, I mean, there's a, a kind of a Sabbath rest. My, my friend Jeff Haynan, who's written on retirement, really uses the notion of Sabbath to say, you know, a lot of folks need time off. Now, this nurse I talked about didn't need that; she was excited to go, but. A lot of folks do. And so it's okay to say, you know, I'm tired. I've worked hard a long time and I need to rest and refresh. But the other thing I need to do in that period is really seek the Lord for what he would have me do. There's actually research on aging that shows that those who simply retire in the, you know, the, the, the sort of the traditional cultural way, they stop producing. They pretty much live for themselves. They watch a ton of TV statistically. But also those who simply go into that mode actually don't live as long as those who continue to find meaning and purpose in doing. And so there is a need for for a break. But I think if people really understand that God is at work in us and through us, and that doesn't end just because we hit 65 or 67 or whatever number, Uh, it becomes a new season with new possibilities and some people will do amazing and great things and other people will just be deeply caring neighbors and grandparents and spouses and volunteer in the local soup kitchen. Actually one of the most extraordinary things that people in the third third of life can do is, is invest in the younger generation, especially children, maybe their own, their grandchildren, or maybe going through various programs that connect older adults with children. So there is just, you don't have to like make a big splash, but if you say, Lord, what do you want to do through me in this season of life? God will begin to work with you on that. And that's part of what we're about, is helping people to think that through in biblical ways to get clear on what God's calling is in the next season of life.
0: Let's talk about biblical uh examples right so you speak a lot about the life of abraham bring that to present day bring that to to my listeners life right now they're over 50 they're listening they're like dr mark this sounds good um i'm not sure i'm the right person though right like speak about the life of abraham and connect it to their life what god wants to do
1: yeah well Yes, and I thought a lot about that. You know, as you and I had, had talked, we've got a actually a brand new resource out called "Calling in the Third Third of Life," and it's a uh, a ten part devotional or small group study focusing on Abraham and and really his calling. Now, let me just say at the outset, not all of us are going to have a calling just like his, right? Exactly. So, where we're literally going to hear God's voice and God's going to say, "Take up and move." all your life to a new place. Some might have that. Most of us won't, but in the complicated- can I jump into that for a yeah. second?
0: Yeah, sure. Because I think this is an important nuance and then please continue sometimes. Well, to what you just said, we may not be asked by God to get up and move everything. However, some of us find ourselves right now in where our entire career has just moved, right? Right. Our entire livelihood has just moved. It's shifted. Our income has just moved. It's that old book, uh, who moved my cheese, right? Like it just moved. Right. So I don't think it's just our personal possessions. And I just want to create that in this conversation that as you're listening right now, BC nation, you may have had everything or something big just move in your life. That's what we're talking about. Mark, well, please continue. Well, it
1: is. And, and, you know, for many, retirement itself is one of the largest life transitions. And there's, there's research that shows it's also, I mean, it can be pretty traumatic because even if you're desiring it, you're really looking forward to it. I mean, all of a sudden, so much of what has taken your time and defined your life is, is different now. And, and for some people, that becomes a, a, a season of, of depression, literally. Uh, Would you is, consider
0: that like a, a period of loss or grieving?
1: Well, absolutely. That's so important. So you asked about Abraham and, yes. and, and uh, how it really relates to others. So in, in this, uh, this guide that I recently wrote, there's a, that's the fourth or the fifth devotion is on uh, calling and loss, right? So you can look at, at, at Abraham's life and say, wow, God's calling him to this new place and God's going to bless him. And that's going to be so amazing. But wait a minute. He had to leave everything, you know, except for the very few he took with him. I mean, family and friends. And he, he was able to take a bunch of his possessions, but his whole community, his culture, and that's a huge loss. And, there, and so partly by naming that, we say, well, when God is calling me to something and I step into that, there will be loss. And it's really healthy to be able to name that, to grieve it. To be honest about it, uh, actually one of the biggest losses in the third third of life for for just about everybody who lives for a while is you you lose people you deeply care about. I was uh, talking with a man recently in his early 70s. He's doing great. He loves his life. He says it's the best season of life. I said, well, is there anything that's really hard? He said, oh, yeah. I lost my best friend, the one I've had for almost my whole life recently. And I feel this emptiness. And I realize I'm never gonna be able really to fill that. And and I and I think he's right about that, and that he could say that and own it. And yet at the same time say, and and you know, God has opened up extraordinary opportunities for him to serve people in a variety of ways in mentoring and providing leadership for things. And he doesn't really need to make money anymore. So he can do that, uh, uh, you know, as, as, as an offering and a gift. And, and so
0: Mark, would you what, say, yeah. I'm going to jump in. Would yeah, you great. say that before God can bring us to somewhere new or to give us something new, he first has to take away what we have.
1: Well, in, in many ways, and, and that can sound very scary because if you're saying, well, jeez, I, I love my family. Is God going to take away my family? I mean, like Job. Well, Job was pretty much the only guy that had it that bad. But remember, even now we're talking about Abraham, but you skip to Jesus. I mean, what was his fundamental proclamation? The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent doesn't mean uh, feel sorry for your sins. It's so much more than that. That's turn around your life. And when you turn around your life, you were going in this direction and now you're going in the opposite direction. So you're, you're leaving certain things behind and there is always that leaving. And if what you're leaving behind isn't sinful but was enjoyable, was a, a career that you loved or people that you loved, there will be loss. And part of flourishing in the third third of life is being able to, to own that loss, to know what to do with it, to know how to share it with God and with others and, and to let it be an occasion for for greater growth and, and, and a deeper vitality in living, rather than stuffing it in, pretending it isn't there, not dealing with it, and that, that generally is a formula for depression.
0: Mm, got it. I know I jumped in on two or three points. Well, there, I love so. you jump in. I, 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 I threw your, your train off the track a little bit there, and I get that. So anything else you want to say around the life well, of
1: Abraham? Well, just just in the call of Abraham, it, again, ours won't be just like his, but there's so much we can learn from what happened with him. Let me just give one example. So in Abram's call, in, right in the first of, of Genesis 12, and then when it's repeated, there's always this incredible promise, you know, that God's going to bless him. He's going to be a uh, give him uh, children that he had not have, and a great nation. And so, awesome for Abraham, but it's always also a blessing for others. And so, the call of God absolutely enriches our lives. It, it, it helps me to to flourish, you might say, internally. But the call of God is always also going to call me out of myself to serve others in ways to make a difference in the world. And it's in that that then I am am deeply rewarded. But it's not just about me. It's about serving others in God's name and finding the joy and the meaning that So, so flourishing the third third of life isn't just about, hey, I'm doing great. It's about fruitfulness. That's a, an essential biblical quality of flourishing is being fruitful, making a difference in the world, uh, which also then happens to give so much joy and meaning.
0: What I'm hearing you say there is the distinction between the world's calling of you know, the third third of life, retirement, and that you should go and flourish now for you. It's all about you. Go enjoy life what I'm hearing you say also is that when God's call happens for the third third of your life, it's not just about you. It's more, more through you, right? That God is going to flourish others and bless others through you. And while he's doing that, he will also bless you. So that's the distinction. God's call blesses both you and the world and the world's call blesses only you. Is that correct?
1: That that's a great way to put it, and and that that takes us away then from either the narrative that just says we'll retire and now you can just play it's for you only you uh, mainly you or the narrative that says hey if you're old you have nothing to give right you're you're beyond caring there I, I have known people I, when when I was pastoring they had a woman in my church who was really getting quite old, way into her eighties. And she'd been a deeply caring person in very tangible ways, but she ended up being uh, bedridden. And she was so distressed because she couldn't think of how to care for people. I may have told this story before, but it's worth telling again. And uh, so she and I were talking, I said, well, what, what could you still do? And she said, well, I love praying for people. And so she thought up this thing. She took the church directory she went person by person, she would call them, say, hi, this is Johnny. Um, you know, I, I just want to see how you're doing because I'm praying for everybody in our church. And here is this woman who in her last years of life, when literally she could hardly get out of bed, had this extraordinarily meaningful life in connecting with people and praying for people. So the, the, the opportunity to make a difference is huge. And then it also, of course, gives great personal rewards. It gave her meaning and joy and the sense that she mattered, uh, a, a relationship. And anyway, so yes, we can be blessed, but but God's call, and that's part of what we learned from Abraham, God's call is blessing us so that w- through us, we, we might be a blessing to others.
0: I really enjoy that story of that lady, because there is a woman that let go of excuses, let go of, I'm too tired. Mm. Let go of, uh, I don't want to help anybody else. I just kind of want to help me or I'm tired of helping others. I've spent my whole life helping others. So now I just want to be comfortable. Um, But here she is bedridden, can't get out of bed and is still impacting the world. It just removes all excuses, like BC nation, wherever you are, whatever you have, whatever you're doing, this story, this example of this woman gives you permission to do the same, to be a blessing in the lives of others, even if it is simply praying for people, but she took, she took it one step further. And that's what I really enjoy. She called them. She reached into their life by phone. And who wouldn't want to get a call like that from a total stranger, an elderly woman saying, hey, what's going on in your life? What are you dealing with? What can I pray for? Like, imagine if she called someone who is struggling, say a daughter, right? Who's now a grown woman who has her own daughters, who struggles with her own relationship, broken relationship with her mother and here she gets this call from this old lady you know this maternal uh n- you know inviting type invitation of hey how can i be of service to you it's like there's so much healing god can do in that daughter's life that she may not have had access to from her own mother yeah just as an example what do you want to well, say what shows up
1: Absolutely. In fact, one of the, the main opportunities for people as we get older is to um, give our lives away to younger people. and in many cases that'll be our own family, our grandchildren. The relationship between grandparents and grandchildren has been proven to be huge benefit for grandchildren and for grandparents. This is so interesting. There, there's brain research that shows, that older people who spend time with younger people with children their brains actually get stronger and it, it's it's just kind of amazing but in many cases either because people are not living near their grandchildren or maybe they don't have any there there is still tremendous potential for people who are older to invest in the lives of younger folks both you know children age younger teenagers but also Others who maybe are, are a little older and haven't had uh, that kind of relationship with parenting. So you, you could say that the um, grandparenting, both in sort of natural family and in just in other relationships, I think the church has a huge potential for this. And it's certainly things that, that, that um, I mean, I've experienced some of that. I think back to my Sunday school teachers when I was growing up as a kid, and many of them were quite old. And I loved hanging out with them because they were kind of like grandparents.
0: Mm. I'm just picturing here. I'm envisioning, I'm imagining. Could you imagine if a church, say a pastor, and you're a pastor, if a pastor made a decision to say, you know what, we're going to create a group for our seniors. Um, It's going to be specifically a prayer group. And I am going to hand you a list of phone numbers to all our congregation, and I'm going to give each of you, ladies or gentlemen in the group, uh, you know, 20 or 30 people uh, on that list. And I'd like you to call them and offer to pray for them and their specific intentions and to call them once a month. Could you imagine what would happen in that church, how it would flourish if the congregation knew that they were cared about in the little ways of their life, in the personal ways? Like if the pastor, not himself, he doesn't have the capacity to call all his congregation. But what if, if you're a pastor listening, what if you started a group of prayer warriors that didn't just pray for general intentions in people's lives, but actually called them up and prayed for specific and personal intentions in their life? That's a win for all your elderly folks. That's a win for your congregation. And boy, oh boy, does that create stickiness in your church. That is an incredible, incredible opportunity. What do you see there, Mark?
1: Well, as you're talking, I think, that is such a great idea. I've never thought myself about exactly that, though it follows from my story. And it would be so doable. And it changes the way that we sometimes think about, you know, the graying of the church or the gray hairs in the church. And we think of that as kind of a burden or a problem rather than here are these people who have in so many cases, wisdom and maturity and time, and they they could be an extraordinary resource. So they're going to help the church and they're going to help the, the people who are served. And that's going to help them, uh, but your idea that this is gonna be great for the church. So my colleagues at Fuller and the Fuller Youth Institute actually did this huge study. What helps the church grow younger? Because we're worried because the church is aging. And what they found is almost exactly what you described in theory and in practice, that churches that work on developing intergenerational and multi-generational relationships are the churches that thrive. that's more important than just having the world's greatest youth program. Uh, and so what you describe would be great for the people being served, the people doing the caring, and for the church in its thriving, and even its growing younger. So, and the other thing I think as you're saying that is that is a great idea. If you and I had five hours, we could probably generate a list of 50 Think of what happened if the body of Christ started thinking this way, started being open to what God wanted to do. Think of the amazing things that would happen, the ideas that would come, the lives that would be transformed. It's just, that's part of why I get excited about this.
0: You got me excited. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, God has put on me a, an idea for a book, um, specifically around, around this. And that idea just sprung out of your story, right? God created that here to a more gathered in his name. And I, I definitely see opportunities for churches to thrive because there's so many pastors, as you know, that are like, how do I make my church thrive? I've tried this. I've tried that. There's nothing left to try. When in fact, we just saw, oh my gosh, what a new possibility that could open up and how many more possibilities available in your church to really help your church thrive as a pastor. So uh, we got off topic a little, but I think we're also right on topic um, because that creates possibility uh, for people over 50 uh, in this third third of their life. All right, let's move forward. What specifically is on your heart right now from our conversation that you want to say to my listener right now um, that we haven't said yet?
1: Well, I, I guess my hope would be that this person, uh, one of your BC nation people would, would recognize this is actually for you. I think a lot of people write themselves off. So they're thinking, Oh, I, I, I'm not a good prayer. You know, and that's not going to work. And, and I'm not, I'm not a nurse. I can't start a healing ministry. I, I don't have much to offer. And what I'd want to say is, yeah, but, Number one, you've got an amazing God who has extraordinary power and gives gifts, and you can't even begin to imagine what all that would be. But really, you do have things to offer. It's just that we maybe don't see that in ourselves, but you do have experience. Maybe you are you say, well, I'm, I'm not very wise. I don't know what to say. Maybe you're a great listener. Maybe, okay, there's a story I was reading recently about some, some guys in an uh, urban setting in Massachusetts some retired guys that would just I think they were plumbers but or electricians uh, and, and they recognized that there was a problem with some with t- teenage kids in their community that weren't doing very well these are the kids that aren't are, are failing out and they got this thing going where they would help these kids get work now they would say you know we're not really the mentor types we're not the Know the caregiver types, but what they could do is help kids get jobs and do a little coaching for them, and it was transformational. So, there isn't a person listening here that God can't use in some way. And so, what I would say, hope people would hear is begin by saying, Oh, well, Lord, if you have anything for me, man, I'm all ears. Uh, That's, I mean. This is our work at the Depree Center. A part of our work is to help people. So we do have, you know, resources available and things to encourage people and get them thinking and, and a, a variety of resources and experiences that we offer. Uh, we also point to some other really good groups that help folks do this. So there, partly I would want people to know, wait, this really is for you. and And your third third of life actually can be a time of great flourishing and there are, there are there's help, we can give help. And there's some other really fine organizations. We're connected up with them. And this is something we been networking for. No way can any one organization handle it. 10,000 people are turning 65 today, 10,000 people. Since you and I last talked about 2 million people turned 65. So there's work, there are plenty of work and we're glad to share it with others. So that's one of the things we do too is help people find great stuff. So this is for you there is help we can be part of that help there are others that can help and what lies ahead for you and for those you will serve is really amazing
0: we're speaking with dr mark roberts uh you can find him at dupree.org dupree.org and we'll have the link in the show notes here i want to say to bc nation um Listen to what Dr. Mark is uh, recommending here. Step one, take it to God in prayer. If you're one of the 10,000 people that just turned 65 today, hit your knees, look up to your heavenly father in silence, in your quiet time, in your prayer time, and maybe start with, Father, I surrender to you the rest of my life, the remainder of my life. I'm available. What would you have me do? In the name of Jesus, amen. That's it. Then be open and alert. He'll show you. There's nothing more that our heavenly father desires, I believe, than a surrendered son or surrendered daughter, surrendered to his will, dying to their self, their selfish desires, and giving them, giving him the rest of their life. These are the people in the the Bible, all the biblical stories that God did powerful things through. They all had a moment of surrender. They did, including Jesus. He set the example. And he had moments of doubt, so be reassured. Father, take this cup. I don't wanna do it. (laughs) To the point he sweat blood. Talk about anxiety. Have you ever sweat blood? Well, then you haven't matched the anxiety that Jesus had. So I I just invite uh, you, BC Nation, as you're listening, start with that surrender prayer let god do the rest but you got to show up you got to show up anything you want to add to that mark before we complete this
1: man that was a great word i uh i say amen to that and you know I, I i will say joseph i i do a lot of podcasts and webinars these days especially in you know pandemic world i mean this quite literally i i I come away from time with you more energized than in any other setting. I love working with you. And part of it is you're, you ask good questions. You think it's fun. It's great engagement. Partly just your deep, deep care for people, for the, the people that God has entrusted to your care. And man, I just say amen to that. And thank you for drawing me into this conversation and helping uh, folks to learn uh, about what, what we're thinking and what we offer. You mentioned, pre.org if people go there especially if they look up at the top you know nav bar, the heading at the top and see this thing third third. if they click on that that'll take them to our third third stuff and they'll be able to, to find out the things we have and we would love to be able to serve people but I'm just uh, I'm so grateful for you and your work and for this conversation and and the help you're giving us and getting out this word to folks that this is good news. This is challenging news, but it is good and great news for people.
0: Mark, thank you for your kind words. I receive them and praise God. All right. So welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. You Uh, remember this? Yeah, I do. (laughs) All right. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. And maybe something has changed since our last conversation. Uh
1: That'd be interesting because I don't remember what I said last time. Great.
0: Perfect. What's your favorite thing about God? Oh, God's grace. Yeah, it's sufficient. What's your least favorite thing?
1: God is sometimes very puzzling and slow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What what are you most afraid of?
1: Wow. You know, in a very tangible way, both my parents died of cancer. And so I I have a fear of cancer. Uh, But I think the other fear I have is of missing what God has for my life and getting so sort of locked into my own assumptions that I'm not open in the way you were just talking about the surrender. So I, I, that would be a a more sort of emotional fear in addition to just fear of cancer.
0: What I just thought about when you said that is how often We think about all the ways the world can infect us, Mm -hmm. especially in this pandemic infection, Mm -hmm. right? How the world can infect us. But rarely do we think about all the ways we can infect the world. And that's what this whole conversation is about. We're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. What are you struggling with either professionally or personally right now? (laughs) This probably is the same as last time. You know, the potential
1: for, for me to be involved in really good things that, that make a difference in people's life is huge. And my inclination is to take on more than I can really do. And sometimes I say, oh my gosh, what have I done? So a pain point for me is both having to say no to good things. That's hard for me to do. Or sometimes just feeling whew, so overwhelmed. So mm. that, that'd be the struggle.
0: That's so good. I think sometimes I struggle with uh, the good things versus the God things, mm-hmm. because the God things are the best things. Right. And sometimes you got to say no to the good things. They're yep. still good, but they're not of God. They're not right. his best that he wants us working on. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Worrying. Got it. Worrying
1: about Coronavirus, worrying about work, worrying about finances, worrying about friends, family. I'm worried about it, worrying about the election, worrying about our nation, worrying about our world. Uh, It's good to be concerned, but worrying is my taking what isn't mine to take. I'm really, you know, it's, it's not letting God be sovereign and gracious. So concern is good, worry, hanging on to it, not sleeping at night because I'm worrying that's not so good.
0: I love what you just created there. I think when we worry, we're stealing from God. We're stealing what doesn't belong to us, results and outcomes. They belong to God, not to us. And that's all worry is. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: They, they, they won't... Uh, appreciate me, like me. I appreciate you. I like you. <laughs> well, thank is, you.
0: Is that enough?
1: You know, you would think, um, <laughs> you know, hey. as, 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 a, as a somewhat public person in some ways like you, you know, sometimes you get people upset with you. And I, I would just confess that, you know, a hundred emails of appreciation can sometimes in my heart be the, have the same weight as one mean one. And yeah, I'm I'm learning to grow out of that, but that is hard for me because I want everybody to like
0: me. Ah, so you want perfection, do you? How's that working? <laughs> yeah. What do you wish? What do you wish you had learned sooner about God?
1: Oh, I I mean, all the time I tell God I I wish I had greater confidence in God's just. Utter faithfulness. You know, that's related to the way that is the flip side of the worry thing, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm worrying, it's because I'm not trusting God. And and yet I know how utterly reliable God can be, can be is and is in my life, but then I can forget.
0: Yeah. I as well. I find I forget when I'm not reading his promises in the Bible mm-hmm. often enough. That's the only time I forget. If I'm saying them out loud, reading them out loud, I'm retraining my mind for what is, what is yeah. true, right? Yeah. And worry just dissipates.
1: I, one of the I, every morning I um, recite a portion of a psalm, and part of that psalm says that it's good to uh, declare God's faithfulness by morning, and and mm. and uh, I, you know I do that. I try to every morning as I say that. To just remind myself of God's faithfulness as I begin the day,
0: mm. and I like that you brought that in—that to declare it, not just to read right. it silently, but declare it out loud, aloud, right. very loud, right? To, and our spoken word becomes our reality. Like we create that into being. We are co-creators right. with God. How powerful is that? Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. Wow. Well, (laughs) who I
1: am now. Well, I'll own that these are two words, but uh, that that I am third third. I mean, I'm 63. So I'm I'm in this new season of life. That's who I am now. I am a learner. I'm learning so much, even about the stuff we're talking. I mean, just, and, and I've been a learner before, but I am still a learner. And I'm a lover. I love my family. I love... You know the beauty of our world. It's fall. I love fall. I I I love, you know, God's goodness and grace, and I know, and I love food probably too much. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, pick three words to describe who you were um, this time last year. Mobile.
1: <laughs> so I, I used to travel a lot at work not so much anymore um expectant and this time last year grateful uh, i i make the month of december a kind of an extended thanksgiving month so i really enter into gratitude you know not just one day over Turkey, but try to really let this be a season of gratitude. So a year ago I would be in gratitude. And yeah.
0: That's such a great way to finish out the fourth quarter of your year is in gratitude to God for the entire year, all his blessings.
1: Oh, it's amazing. One of the things I do uh, uh, Thanksgiving morning, I have a tradition getting up really early and uh, taking out my journal and writing every single thing I can think that I'm thankful for in the last year. And it is an astounding thing because I'll start remembering things that I didn't even bother to thank God for, right? I, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. And, and it's just this sense of overwhelming blessing, even in hard years, even in hard times. So it's a great, uh, it's a real gift.
0: Can I ask you a very revealing question? Yeah, sure. It's not part of my 10. Call it a bonus. Huh. The Bible says to thank God in all circumstances, Uh not just the good ones, not just the blessings, but the trials, the sufferings. Are you able to do that? Like when you look back on your year in December and you look back, like, do you thank him just for the, the things that were good and the blessings, or do you actually thank him for that struggle back when, or that uh, depression that you went through or that, that loss or that grieving you went through? Just curious. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great
1: question. And, and what I'll say is sometimes by God's grace, I am able to be thankful. And sometimes it's really a struggle. But one of the things I, I have adopted as a discipline, so you know, my work, like other people's work, sometimes there's hard days. And, but part of my discipline is to step back from it And to be intentionally grateful for gifts in a day, even if it's a hard day. And a lot of times my, my, literally what I say to myself and what I say in prayer is, you know, thank you, Lord. Today I was able to do good work with good people. And that could be even if there was crazy and hard stuff. Let me just say in a little larger sense, that kind of gratitude really is, I think, a, a gift from God that is given. I think of times like when my dad was dying of cancer and, it was very hard for a long time to feel much gratitude in the midst of that, but God really entered in and made a difference. So I I, I think God gives us those gifts. Um, But I think, and this relates to our earlier conversation, we're also uh, encouraged to be honest about the struggle, you know? So, uh, Oh, one little oh, short sure, story. When Linda and I first got married, another couple, at our church got married at the same time. And we, it was about a year in and we were talking to this couple after church and Linda and I said, you know, so how you guys doing? And they're like, oh, it's been so awesome. Our marriage is so wonderful. They're going on and on. We're so grateful. We and, and honestly, Linda and I had a lot of hard things in that season. So we said, wow, I'm, we're so pleased for you. You know, we really had a hard year. So it's, and, and their faces fell. And they said, Oh, this has been so hard. And I thought, Oh, we need places to, you know, share our gratitude. And we need places sometimes to say, Yeah, you know what, this is still really hard.
0: Yeah, places to share our gratitude and places to share our grief. And what showed up for me is that gratitude drives out grief. The sooner the sooner we're grateful to God for these things, the faster the grief passes. Uh, last question. If you could come back to life after you died, tell your family and friends, your daughter and son, look them in the eye, your wife, and tell them only one piece of advice about everything. What would you say to them?
1: Know, by which I mean uh, deep personal knowledge, know the God who loves you in Christ forever.
0: Amen. And BC Nation, remember to know God is not to know of him, but it's to spend time with him. That happens in your quiet time in the morning. Any final wisdom, Mark? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about... um, Living a full, and fulfilling, and rich third third of their life with God and His plan for them. Well, you pretty much just said it. That that what you just said
1: is available and true, and that God has, you know, God once talked to, uh, through the prophet to to Israel about, you know, I know the plans I have for you, plans for your welfare and. God has great plans for us. It, not great necessarily in scope. We might we won't all be world changers. But God if we are available and if we are surrendered, God will do in and through us wonderful and amazing things and we will be able to live rich and full lives in the latter portion of this life as we get ready for the life to come.
0: Mm. BC Nation you, if you're over 50, you are not forgotten. You just have forgotten that God still has a plan for you. So Mm -hmm. get back with him, would you? Let him tell you what he has for you. He's got something. All right. You can find uh, Mark Roberts, Dr. Mark Roberts at debris.org. Mark, uh, any other things you want to share with BC nation, invite them to, or have for them?
1: Yeah. uh, In terms of the third, third work, I I mentioned that if they look, at the heading they can see third third one of the things they can do is sign up for newsletter we've got a monthly newsletter that just lets them know what's going on great resources the other thing you mentioned earlier i write a daily devotional called life for leaders people can subscribe for free it comes every early morning in their email inbox uh, it's just a way to help folks really connect God and God's grace and love and God's truth in scripture to daily living and work and all the challenges of life. So if they're looking for a daily devotional help, uh, Life for Leaders can be that for them. And they, from our website.
0: Mark, thank you for being on Broken Catholic again. And I wish you God's love, peace and joy in your life, sir. Thanks, Joseph. Great to be with you. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000 because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.